0: Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman. This is Reset. 25 years ago this week, a deadly heat wave crippled Chicago. Over five sweltering days, Chicago's heat index reached well over 100 degrees. But some city leaders, like Mayor Richard M. Daley, downplayed the danger. It's hot. It's hot out there. We all walk out there. It's very, very, very hot. We go to extremes in Chicago. And that's why people love Chicago. No laughing matter, that heat wave killed 739 people. Experts estimate that number was probably even higher How we mishandled that crisis has lessons for us as we grapple with the disproportionate impacts of current public health catastrophes like COVID-19 and climate change. In this five-part series, Reset talks with residents, politicians, and frontline workers from that time as we examine just how prepared Chicago might be for the next heat wave. When you couple the current trajectory of climate change with the current inaction by our political leaders, another heat wave like the one in 1995 is all but certain. Peabody Award-winning filmmaker Judith Helfand devoted years in preparation to chronicle the events of 25 years ago. The result is her 2018 documentary entitled Cook, Survival by Zip Code. I walked into the room and I saw my grandmother lying across the bed, face up. I looked over at the window and it was nailed shut. Sexiness for the news media was it was about the heat. But the real story is, why were people in these neighborhoods dying? People weren't dying On the north side, people weren't dying in the Gold Coast. People were dying on the south and west sides. The minute you see their refrigerator trucks, that means there's so many dead bodies that the coroner doesn't have room for them anymore. That's enough. And you can free stream the film for the next year through PBS. In part one of our series, we talked with sociologist Eric Kleinenberg. He wrote the definitive book on the events called Heat Wave, a social autopsy of disaster in Chicago. And Judas still draws inspiration from his seminal work.
1: I came up with the idea to make this movie because I read Eric Kleinenberg's book. And I was quite amazed that an extreme weather event could reveal the underlying disaster of the long-term impact of structural racism, and that one big event could help you understand sort of all of these other underlying issues. So I was sort of amazed by that. But the way that the movie opens, we are preparing for Hurricane Sandy. I thought initially making this movie would just be a story about the heat wave, and we would have this one city and this one story to help us understand something bigger about all cities. But then Katrina happened six weeks Mm -hmm. after we started shooting in 2005, and that led me to start to really look at the world of disaster preparedness and to start to question, what do we really mean by disaster? What do we really mean by crisis? And... Why does it take an extreme weather event for us to actually look at the real crisis underlying all of that?
0: Yeah. Judith, one of the core things about your documentary is almost wrestling back or taking control of the idea of what is disaster preparedness. Because we've seen for years disaster preparedness has been individuals who are getting a generator or maybe prepping in some form, but they're ready for whatever disasters come in their way, as opposed to municipalities, as opposed to societies preparing and perhaps taking on some of the social inequities and things that actually make disasters much more worse.
1: Exactly. That's it. I mean, that was one reason why we started to look into the world of disaster preparedness, because we actually do. I mean, we have a huge infrastructure that's set up municipality by municipality, county by county, city by city, to deal with disasters, but they're one-off disasters. They're not the underlying disaster of structural racism Mm -hmm. and extreme poverty. And someone might say, well, you know, you're in the wrong place. This is for one-off disasters. Go to HUD. Go somewhere else. But the only agency that has the word disaster in it is the agency that's connected to disaster preparedness. Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked in that direction and wanted to ask those questions. Why can't we reconfigure and reconceive of disaster preparedness as economic development, as investing in the communities that we already know are suffering from treatable diseases that are going untreated, who wow. are suffering from food insecurity, who are suffering from, you know, lack of really good housing, who are suffering from not having a vibrant economy and a real Main Street. So I absolutely believe that if we invested in communities in anchor institutions and in libraries and public schools in the infrastructure that supports a vibrant community People would be healthier in the long run. People would be stronger. Every community would be in a much better place to be able to weather a heat wave or get through a pandemic.
0: Yeah. Judith Helfand a filmmaker of the documentary Cooked Survival by Zip Code, which looks at the 95 heat wave here in Chicago and talks about disaster preparedness. There are two stark scenes in your documentary that really kind of grab that contrast. There's a very powerful scene where a woman who's living in a Southside neighborhood takes her family for a walk and she shows you the different abandoned, boarded up buildings that surround her child's school. It's a really powerful moment. And then it's juxtaposed a couple, I would say, a little bit later in the film with the Cook County disaster preparedness unit and Tony Preckwinkle, the president, is doing a press conference and showing off all the shiny new vehicles and and helicopters and things that are ready. So they're ready for what was more like disaster relief than disaster preparedness. Those two scenes almost tell the story of the film that you made.
1: The whole movie is a story of contrast of one side of town, the other side of town, of a vibrant downtown, a vibrant lakefront with an extraordinary cityscape that is in stark contrast and is actually obscuring, you know, neighborhoods that look to me like as if, A tornado happened, they boarded up all the buildings, and then they never came back to take the boards off. And in a sense, we were trying to make that contrast. Mm -hmm. I will say that Tony Preckwinkle had an amazing press conference yesterday in honor of the 1995 heat wave and drawing the same kind of connections and links that you are to COVID-19 and really made a commitment to investment in communities. Unfortunately, it takes shocks like a heat wave and like the deaths from COVID-19. And it takes those maps, one map looking just like the other map, and you starting to sort of see the piled-up yeah. burden of all of these stressors on one community instead of another. That's what it takes for our society to really be able to see. Yeah. And, and it was that idea, that sort of obscuring and that contrast, that all this could be happening in one city at the same time, That was something that we were really interested in exploring and being able to look at. The story is definitely a tale of two Chicagos in a way, and we were trying to kind of do that juxtaposition.
0: It's alarming in the film when you do use maps and uh, you're able to overlay different conditions, so whether that be food deserts, whether there's diabetes uh, down the line, and match them up where people died during the heat wave, and they're almost exact. That's shocking. Was that shocking to you as a filmmaker when, when you saw that overlay happen?
1: Well, it wasn't shocking because we had spent so much time with Dr. Steve Whitman. But it was basically his thesis. I mean, he was the one who kind of like helped us see these maps, right? He was the one who made the heat death map and overlaid that over communities that were deeply impoverished, that were you know living under the poverty line. With the highest amount of poverty, there was the highest amount of heat death. Mm-hmm. He pointed that out to us. But then when we were interviewing him, you know, it was years later, right? It was 10 years, 12, 13 years after the heat wave. He could never just show us one map. He would then say, and it's the same neighborhoods mm-hmm. that have the most boarded up buildings, the most empty lots, the most amount of unemployment, the most amount of food insecurity, the most amount of diabetes, the most amount of people dying of breast cancer on one side of town versus the other. So I wasn't shocked. Um, I was saddened, and, and I was pushed mm-hmm. to try to make a film that would explore these inequities and would challenge all of us to be able to like, look at these maps, look at our cities, look at our communities, and really look at ourselves and say, like, is this enough of a disaster without having to wait for a pandemic or without having to wait for another extreme weather event for us to actually deal with this and do something. Yeah.
0: When you look at it right now, the parallels between handling COVID-19 as opposed to how the crisis of the heat wave was handled in 95... How do you see that? I mean, there are parallels because I have, you know, the word comorbidity, the idea that people are suggesting that people are dying not because of the virus, but because of underlying conditions. I mean, a lot of the same kind of storylines that came out of the 95 heat wave.
1: It's exactly the same. And I think if Dr. Whitman was alive, he would say, this is totally predictable and we could have totally fixed this. And we had all the information that we needed after the 1995 heat wave to really be able to address it. And we didn't. And I think, unfortunately, like our country, our society, we need to see it in its grossest, largest, most massive form to be able to be moved to do something.
0: Filmmaker Judith Helfand, uh, she made the 2018 documentary Cooked a Survival by Zip Code, about the 1995 Chicago heat wave that killed 739 people. You can find that documentary streaming uh, for free for a year on PBS. Judith, thanks for taking some time out to talk to us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. just heard the second part of our five-part series on Chicago's 1995 deadly heat wave. You can find the rest of the series through this podcast. Well, that's it for Reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. Check us out tomorrow and stay safe.